Steiner, folks, and welcome to our latest podcast. We're about to have a conversation with David Warnock. Many of you know that name because he ran for mayor, but he is also the head of Camden Partners and wrote a really interesting editorial in the Sun Papers uh, on the 18th of this month. Last week? Uh, last week. And uh, David Warnock offers a quote-unquote pew plan for economic revitalization in Baltimore. David, good to see you. Thank you. Welcome back. Nice to be with you. Good to see you as a non-candidate. I mean, not that you shouldn't have been a candidate, but as back in business and thinking about where the city should go. Well, I mean, I live here and I love this city, so. So t- let's talk about what motivated this this piece that you wrote. Well, I, I, I and the reason why I called it a Pew plan was um, I want to be supportive of our mayor. I mean, she won that election, and I think that we have a great opportunity to um, to change the arc of a great American city. Mm-hmm. And you know, I do have opinions about things that would really move the needle, and I do believe that we've focused on a lot of expedient things. Um, you know, the latest may be the Amazon thing, which just seems like another Kino ticket that we're sort of behind. God knows, I hope Amazon comes here. But what, what do you mean? What do you mean a Kino ticket? What does that mean? It's just buying a lottery ticket that you know. Uh, a Kino ticket, like yeah, Kino Kino ticket, right, 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 right. But and I so I wanted to put some definite things out there that I thought could really move the needle in Baltimore. I tr- I truly hope Amazon comes to Baltimore. But um, these are five things that I believe would bend the arc of this city and create a more um, inclusive, robust job economy. So let's talk about them. I found them really interesting. Let's take them one by one here. So uh, the one idea that you have about creating a career training and dual credit program for high school kids in, co- in the city to either come out of that and be able to go to BCCC and be ready for a job or ready for college, right? So talk about how is that different from where we are now and how would you do that and what's the cost? Well, there's over, there's over 5,000 kids, I believe, in Baltimore County that are getting dual degrees from Baltimore County Community College and their local high school out there. It's, an, it's important not just because it jumpstarts their way into college, but as we all know, college affordability is a major problem today. At Green Street Academy, the charter school that I co-founded, we have a construction design and management curriculum where the cohort of kids who are- It's a high school though, right? It's a high school. Right. Where the cohort of 11th and 12th graders who are in that construction design and management curriculum that is partially taught by people from Baltimore County Community College graduate from high school halfway to an associate's degree. And they also are prepared to take this CAD certification that um, allows them to get hired at one of many, many, many subs to Whiting-Turner, potentially the Whiting-Turners of the world hire them. It's it's a true win-win, and it's not rocket science. But you're doing it with CCBC, the county school, county yes, community college. Yes, we are. There, because... are no ki- there are no students today at Baltimore City Community College that are working on dual degrees. I think it's a tremendous opportunity for Baltimore City Community College. So how does that differ from Mayor Pugh's plan to pay the tuition? This is this is something wholly different than that, right? Completely different. Mayor Pugh's plan is essentially a last dollar plan. It's not free tuition to Baltimore City Community College. You have to out Pell, you have to get a Pell Grant. You have to borrow all the money that you can borrow from the Stafford Loan Program, and then on top of that, if you owe more money, then the city will propose to either pay it or waive it. So 
it's not entirely a free program. It's a program that will essentially pay the last dollar of um, expenses for a kid to go to Baltimore. Um, and what, what I'm proposing is for kids to get dual credit when they're in high school. And if the dual credits are coming from Baltimore City Community College, the kids are highly likely to finish at Baltimore City Community College. And because they've already taken some courses with dual credit, they're much better prepared for uh, those associate degree programs than a traditional high school graduate. The biggest problem that Baltimore City Community College has is persistence. Kids come, they drop out. They, you know, some minuscule percentage of kids that start there actually finish there. So the other advantage to this dual credit program is it brings a whole cohort of kids that are actually prepared to finish at Baltimore City Community College or Baltimore County Community College. So does that mean that the community college would have to pay? I mean, where's the, where's the money come from to pay for this, the, the faculty? I mean, how does that work? Uh, actually, the, the in the case of Green Street, uh, we, out of our budget, pay a portion of the adjunct faculty's salary for coming into Green Street. So we'd have to find the money somewhere for this. You would have to find the money. You have to find the money somewhere. So when I get to the money part, after we go through some yep. of these, we're, we're, that, 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 that's kind of a critical piece for me, um, for a lot of people. But I mean, so and number two, you have this um, interesting idea about the anchor institutions, like and the suppliers they pay to pay for the, whatever they need, whether it's University of Maryland College, I mean, hospital, or whether it's the Hopkins, and to bring those businesses here to build businesses in Baltimore. I mean, I, before I have another question, just describe that. Well, if you think about it, the highest probability institutions to move to Baltimore are built are institutions, companies that is, are companies that are already doing business in Baltimore. And so I would encourage and the the mayor get the heads of Hopkins, the heads of University of Maryland, who are two of the biggest employers in town, and ask them for a list of their top twenty suppliers. And then go with those institutions to those 20 suppliers. Remember, these are, inst- these are companies that are doing tens of millions of dollars worth of business in Baltimore. And for the most part, they have no Baltimore presence. I mean, so th- th- we're talking about companies that are already making lots of money doing business in Baltimore. And my theory is, if the mayor would go with the heads of Hopkins, the heads of University of Maryland, and if Hopkins or the University of Maryland would say, look, we would do more business with you if you moved your regional headquarters or your manufacturing plant here, there's a high probability. But, uh, what, what, what kind of business are you talking about? I mean, who, I mean, it costs money to move a business. I mean, what, business, what kind of businesses are you uh, you're talking about? come to Baltimore? You're talking about everything from people that um, take care of your diagnostic imaging equipment. You're talking about your uniform suppliers. You're talking about people that are uh, epic, for example. Hopkins spent a billion dollars, one billion dollars, on epic medical IT, company that's headquartered in um, Madison, Wisconsin. Um, you know, for medical records and, and physicians' exactly. records, right, 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 right. right. So these these are high-paying jobs, 
And and I'm not saying that all of them would move to Baltimore. And why would they want to move to Baltimore? Why, what's the incentive for somebody to spend all that money to move their business like Epic, which is huge, or any kind of company like I'm that? I'm not even company. suggesting that they move their headquarters, right? What we want to have is your regional headquarters. What we want to have is your manufacturing plan. What we want to have is your sales office for the Mid-Atlantic, right? What we want to do is begin the flywheel of economic development in Baltimore with higher paying jobs, right? That that builds the tax base in the city. It brings more people into the city. And it also creates an environment where companies either their divisions or ultimately their headquarters are moving to Baltimore. So in, in, in that, with that idea and some of, the other ideas, some of the other ideas that you have in this editorial, how do you guarantee and how important is it in terms of your thinking to guarantee that these jobs that come to Baltimore are actually filled by people who live in the city now who are where the unemployment rate among African-Americans is is absurdly high uh, in the poorest communities, working class communities. How, how, do, how, how do those things fit together? Because, you know, we always, whether it's poor coverage or anything else, we put all this money into this stuff, but it doesn't do anything to end or alleviate the poverty and desolation of the neighborhoods that, that are throughout our, our town. Well, the real solution to that, Mark, is public transportation. That's you know, one of your if ideas. You look at, if you look but, at... But I mean for these all jobs. The, all I mean, of these things are connected. But if these right? people come here with their jobs... And they bring people in from outside to work in these jobs in Baltimore. It might be great, helps revitalize the city. But what does that do to ensure that black folks in Baltimore have employment? Well, I would say as all these things are connected, right? If you're paying, if you're bringing high-skilled, high-paid jobs to Baltimore, one, it improves the tax base, right? Improving the tax base allows us to improve the public schools, right? If at the same time we focus on the other initiatives that I'm talking about, one of which is a modified red line, right? We simply have to have real public transportation from West Baltimore over to those jobs that are undeniably going to exist and do today at Amazon, down there at Trade Point Atlantic, which is the old Sparrows Point, and at the port. People who live in West Baltimore and parts of East Baltimore simply cannot get to those jobs. And so, and frankly, Port Covington, right? The jobs at Port Covington, unless we modify our light rail system, are going to go to people that go up and down 95, right? So my point about job creation is we need to bring high-skilled, high-paid jobs to Baltimore to rebuild our tax base, and we also need to create public transportation so people can get to those jobs. So your modified red line, uh, I've seen some critique of that, but I don't want to get into that that moment, or not at this, this, at this moment, but I mean, so where's the money come from to build this modified red line, this high-speed rail or whatever kind of rail it's going to be that I, I take is not going to be underground. You're suggesting something above over, ground. Above Absolutely. Ground, right. Which is not like high speed. So, Well, you know, to me, if Hogan can put $9 billion up, $9 billion up to expand our, um, our highways, our highways right. right? Right. Okay. Four lanes, right? Right. If Hogan can put $9 billion up, right? And, and that $9 billion um, if that's not a um, a slap in the face of Baltimore, right? I, I don't know what is, right? I mean, he says nice things about Baltimore, but the reality is he's about ready to spend nine billion dollars. Basically, none of it is going to be spent in Baltimore City, right? 
right? So my point is that, one, interest rates are at historic lows, right? We have debt financing capabilities, right? We need to look at financing these public transportation systems, these public transportation spending, right? So how do, we, how do you do that? I mean, let's, let's, if, you're, if Hogan's going to balk politically at helping Baltimore, which apparently he seems to be doing all the time, um, how do you launch something like this? Do, does the city have to take out its own bond issues? We, do, we cannot do this kind of stuff without the state's help. There's no question. We None of this do. stuff you mentioned can be done without the state. No, uh, the we the, can the have transportation dual, piece we, cannot be done. Absolutely, they can't. We, but Baltimore is the economic engine of the state, and we're not going to. If you look at, for example, you look at the Amazon proposal, right? When they decided they're going to, you know, they're going to move their headquarters someplace, right? Right at the top of the list is a viable public transportation system, have, which we do not have, headed. right? So. If if you announced, right, look, we are, instead of spending $9 billion on expanding our, our highways to four lanes, right, we're going to create a viable public transportation system in the most important city in Baltimore, in Maryland. I mean, to me, it increases your odds of getting Amazon, so, right? But, but, and it dramatically decreases poverty that is really driven by the lack of mobility in most of the really hard-hit parts of our city. But a lot of the folks, again, this is a political question here, the Hogan crowd in politics, a lot of Democrats along with them, don't like rail. They're highway people. Their money's in the highway. They invest in the highway. Oh, they, they, they're, they're paving contractors. That's who they're listening to. So how do you make that happen? You fight for it. People, you know, that this is why I want it to be a Pew plan. This is why I think the mayor has to fight for these initiatives, right? These are initiatives that truly move the needle in terms of jobs and opportunity in Baltimore, right? If you think about the hundreds of people that you would put to work in doing the Howard Street Tunnel, the hundreds of people that you would put to work doing a modified red line, think about... In thousands, maybe not hundreds. Thousands, exactly, right? Think about Lexington Market as a place that people have a reason to be at, right? Think about Lexington Market as our Penn Station, where the light rail is, where the subway is, and where an above-ground red line comes to, right? Now people have the, a reason to be at Lexington Market. You would transform the west side. Well, people are Lexington Market. It's just not people of means that are Lexington Market. And as a result, you don't have any development around it. So, so, so again, again, my point, one of my things I always care about very deeply in all this is that, well, I don't disagree that any of the, I think these ideas are very powerful ideas, but, I, but, my, but how does it affect the people who are in Lexington Market today? I mean, I'm concerned about what jobs they get. I'm concerned about the kind of housing they have, a world that takes them off the corner and into a, 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 in, into a livelihood, into building families, into being able to take care of themselves. That that's. How does that deal with that? The, you know, Mark, we have operated this city with one expedient solution after another, right? One expedient solution. I, we need to move the needle for, of their lives on a permanent basis, on a long-term basis, right? We don't do that unless we figure out a way to allow those people to get to the jobs that will undeniably exist in places like Trade Point, undeniably exist at our port, undeniably exist at Amazon, and undeniably exist at Port Covington. There is no magic wand that says, poof, we're going to create equitable housing, we're going to create equitable employment, and we're going to fix our schools overnight. The only way we're going to do that 
is to create a public transportation system that allows people to get to jobs and puts people to work while we do it. It's classic Keynesian economics, right? And to rebuild our tax base in this town so that we actually can afford the schools that we deserve. So your, the final point here, I mean, you talk about the tunnel. Do you think it has to be built to go to the port? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. You, you talked about transportation. We cannot get double-stack trailers from East Baltimore to West Baltimore. We have the absolute best port on the East Coast. It's growing in spite of itself, right? And yet, because the Howard Street Tunnel isn't fixed, and by the way, the Howard, nobody's talking about building a new tunnel. All they're doing is talk about expanding, basically widening the existing tunnel. It would make the port of Baltimore be indisputably the preferred port on the East Coast. To me, that is about as good a public-private project as I can think of. CSX has publicly said that they're willing to put millions of dollars, tens, hundreds of millions of dollars behind it. The state should issue bonds. There's a great one to issue revenue bonds on that one, right? Because you can pay for that tunnel by having a toll through the tunnel, right? I mean, there's to me... This is all about creating public-private partnerships that are going to truly move the needle with respect to job creation in Baltimore. Now, finally, your final point here, your point number five, which is, which has to do with small businesses and growing. One of the big things in this obviously has been minority businesses and where businesses are going in the city, small businesses. And you talk about the 21st Century Initiative that talks about how, as you put it, pathetic this is, right? Yeah, the, the Johns Hopkins University sponsored the 21st Century uh, Initiative. Uh, people like Mary Miller, uh, who's a, a wonderful person, lives in Baltimore City, uh, former secret, assistant secretary of the Treasury, um, uh, worked very hard on it, and they looked at the um, lending rates among banks in Baltimore City um, to minority and small businesses uh, relative to other cities. And um, the results, I would encourage everybody to take a look at it. I mean, it's startling, right? And um, one of the problems is, is that, you know, a lot of our minority um, small businesses, a lot of traditional small businesses need money for working capital. And this is inventories and receivables. It allows people to not necessarily start a company, but allows them to grow a company. And um, we have some of the great foundations in the country. If you think about the Weinberg Foundation, the Annie Casey Foundation, among others, you know, are some of the biggest foundations in the country. They give 5% of their assets away, as they're required to do. But with 95% of their assets, they have a variety of money managers, most of which who don't live in Baltimore, by the way. Um, what I'm proposing is take a portion of that, use it as a backstop to a bank and allow these minority businesses to establish banking relationships. I know that Harbor Bank is working on this now, right? A black-owned bank. Great place to start right. in, a, in, a, in, a, in a strong institution, right? Use the foundations to provide backstop guarantees on those loans to minority businesses and small businesses. Um, get earn a return of capital, earn a, earn a portion of the interest that's earned on those loans, and 
allow those banks because the federal regulators come down very hard today on banks making loans um, with marginal collateral, right? Allow them to make those loans. Allow those small businesses to establish a banking relationship for the first time. Allow those small businesses to get the working capital and the receivables lending that they do. And our foundations earn something for it. Our banks get customers that are going to grow into something that, that hopefully is big and different. And I believe that the loss rates on these loans will be lower than people expect. People are doing it in other cities. And having the foundations guarantee the loans. Yep. So what's been your response to this so far, what you've written? Have you, have you had a response from anybody in City Hall or from our foundations, from any parts of other parts of the community to what you've suggested? I think that the people at Harbor Bank are working hard in this direction. Um, the people at the Baltimore Community Foundation are working on a loan guarantee program. Um, uh, you know, I haven't been working with the mayor's office. I'm happy to help the mayor's office in any way. Um, you know, this is about, and again, this is why I called it a Pew plan. What we need is a real plan for economic development of Baltimore, for inclusive economic development of Baltimore that includes creating an education system where kids are uh, graduating with high school with certifications that they need to get jobs right away, getting a jump start on college affordability, rebuilding Baltimore City Community College with a pipeline of students that will actually finish there, and at the same time creating economic inclusion for people by creating a real public transportation system and through my loan pool program, strategies to truly scale the minority businesses that are in Baltimore. So David Warnock, the uh, founder and leader of Camden Partners, um, and this is the first of a series of conversations we'll have. David will be back, among others, as we look at uh, what the future of our city is, how we build it, uh, and how we just grab a hold of what we have and create something that benefits the entire city. And David Warnock, thanks for your activism. Thanks for you uh, dropping by our studios today. It's good to be with and this is Mark Steiner, folks. I want to thank you for joining our podcast today. The show is produced and edited by Calvin Perry. Uh, you can download it at steinershow.org or from your favorite podcasting app. Let your friends know. And let us know what you think. Write me directly at mark, M-E-R-C, at steiner, S-T-E-I-N-E-R, show.org. Mark at steinershow.org. And we'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new podcast. <laughs> <laughs>